Trumos, Perk Base, Mishnah Aleph. Another Mishnah here talking about having two separate, let's say, containers, A and B, and in these two containers you have produce of different statuses. But unlike the previous Mishnayas, the produce in these two statuses have identical obligations with respect to Truma. That is to say, they're on the same footing. The difference is just that one is Tameh and one is Tahor. So, under normal circumstances, really in Midorai, so there's no reason why you couldn't take Truma on one on behalf of the other. However, um, first it should be noted that if you take from the Tameh on behalf of the Tahor, you're really shortchanging the Kohen, because the Kohen can do nothing with the Tameh Truma except burn it and get benefit from it as it, as it burns, which isn't very useful if you're talking about grapes or something. Um, it is, of course, if you have olive oil, you can burn it for fuel and, and light, but a grape would not be very useful if it was Tameh. So, in the next mission will come to that topic of taking Tameh on behalf of Tahor. But in this mission, we're talking about taking Tahor on behalf of Tameh. That is to say, in container B, you have Tahor, let's say even grapes, and you're taking them, Truma, from B on behalf of B as well as A. And in A, container A, you have Tameh grapes. Now, it sounds like that should be a good deal for the Kohen, because the Kohen, if you gave him exactly, you know, prorated amounts, like just for example, if you had 50 grapes in A and 50 grapes in B, and the 50 grapes in A are Tameh, the 50 grapes in B are Tahor, so you owe him two grapes. If you gave him one grape from the Tameh and one grape from the Tahor, so that's his fair share, but he only has one grape to eat. Whereas if you gave him two grapes from the Tahor, you're giving him actually two edible grapes. That seems like a good deal to him. Nevertheless, uh, the mission is going to say one may not do that. And the reason why is something totally extraneous to the halachas we discussed so far. There's a separate halacha altogether, um, which is that when one takes um, truma, or challah for that matter, it has to be if there's multiple containers or piles or sets of food that's being tied collectively, that they have to be close together. What's called minha mukaf. Mukaf means like surrounding, nearby. Um, the exact technical details about what constitutes sufficiently close together and combined um, is pretty involved. We'll discuss it in Masechus Chalab as Hashem. But for now, suffice it to say that under these circumstances, one would have to put the grapes close together. And the concern is that if you put them too close together, then um, the grapes might touch one another in a way that conveys Tuma from the tummy to the Tahor, and you're not allowed to do that. And you're not allowed to be Matama grapes. If they're Truma grapes, you can't convey Tuma to them. And therefore, the rabbis were concerned that you would go out of your way to keep them too far apart and not fulfill the requirements of Minha Mukaf of having them in close proximity sufficiently. So it's perhaps even a, a Durabanan to, to protect the Durabanan, although plenty of Rishonan learned that the requirement for a Mukaf is uh, a Duraisa. Whatever the case, since we were afraid that you wouldn't keep them sufficiently close out of fear that they are going to spread Tuma one to the other, therefore the rabbi said you shouldn't take even Tahor on behalf of Tameh. So that's what the Mishnah says. It starts out by saying, Ein tormin mihatahor, sorry, mitahor al You shouldn't take tahor grapes, let's say, for argument's sake, or anything else for that matter, al on behalf of tame grapes. Vim tarmu, truma san truma. If you do, however, after the fact, it works. Because Midorai said it's totally effective. Now, be'emis amru, the truth is they said, and whenever the Mishnah says be'emis amru, it means that we're going to say, what we're saying now is really incontrovertible, it's not to be disputed, no proof is available or required, it's black and white, like halacha l'mosh me sinai, and many times it actually means it is a halacha l'mosh me sinai, 
which means the halacha l'moshmeisina means that it's a tradition we have. It's a doraisa that goes back to Har Sinai from Moshe himself, but it doesn't have any embedded reference or drasha in psukim to pull it out. It's just a tradition we have. That's the case. Like for example, the tefillin should be black is a halacha l'moshmeisina. There's no pasuk that requires black tefillin or even a drasha to extract from the psukim that there should be black. That tefillin should be black. But nevertheless, we have a tradition that goes all the way back that they must be black. That's called the halach l'mash misinai. So <clears throat> here we're saying what we're about to say is um, as is as true and incontrovertible as a halach l'mash misinai, although it may not necessarily be literally a halach l'mash misinai. And certainly, if it's a, we're talking about um, the rabbanans, it wouldn't be the case. Sometimes the mishnayos, as the Bartanur points out here, it'll use this expression referring to black and white rabbanans, like like in Masechah Shabbos. Um, whatever the case is. So, anyways, Be'emes Amru means this is the undeniable, indisputable fact that if you have an eagle shell devela, shenitum miktsaso, if you have a cake of pressed figs and part of the cake became tummy, that is to say that if you have a bunch of pressed figs together, they're not considered to be a single unit, such that if, let's say, a dead rat touched one of the figs, all the figs become equally tummy as a rishon. We do not say that. Um, the figs are not, there's not a chibur, a legal connection between the figs that would allow for the equal treatment in terms of, you know, equal reception of tumah across all the units that comprise that, that pressed cake. No. Each fig still stands on its own, which would mean that the figs that get directly exposed and touch the rat would become a rishon, and whatever figs are touching those figs would become a shani, and it were, whatever figs are touching those figs remain tahor because chulin, this is table, but it's you know it's chulin, meaning it's it's not yet truma can't become tame as a shlishi. So that means that you'd have like halfway through, if you will, if you imagine, let's say, for example, take it's five figs pressed in a line. So the first fig on the altar that touches, let's say, it's there's a dead rat on the left. So the dead rat touches the leftmost fig, it becomes a rishon. The fig next to it, the second from the left, becomes a sheni, and the remaining three figs on the right stay tahor. So we're going to say that in such a scenario. Um, you you have something that's essentially, if you think about it, the equivalent of our previous case of having two containers A and B, where you know A has the tummy and B has the tower. Here you have two sides. Let's call it right and left, where the right has the tower and the left has the tummy. But here we're going to say that um, although in the previous line of the mission we said you shouldn't take from Tahor on behalf of Tameh, here we're saying you may. You may take from the Tahor figs in the pressed fig uh, cake on behalf of the Tameh figs. The reason why, even though it's structurally identical, is because there's no reason to make this dinder abundant about, you know, minhamuk of keeping the figs too far apart, because as it is, they're already stuck together. So, so the, the, you know, it's too late. The horse has left the barn already in terms of that. So since there's nothing meant to, nothing to happen in terms of... Um, keeping them apart or putting them together, so now the din, the Rabbanon, doesn't apply, and you could take from the Torah on behalf of Tommy. So back inside, Be'emes Amru, the truth is that they, the rabbi said, um, in an incontrovertible way, as if it were halacha l'mosh me'sinai, ha'igel shel devela, shnitma miktsaso, if you have a cake of pressed figs, and part of it became Tommy, Torah min ha'torah she'yeshbo, ala Tameh she'yeshbo, you may take in such a case, from the tahor part of the figs on behalf of the tame figs as well. V'chein, and the same would apply if you have an aguda shel yarak. You have a bundle of vegetables, think, you know, carrots tied together. V'chein, 
arema. And the same goes if you have a big mound of grain, a big pile. And let's say part of the carrots or part of the grain in the mound became tame, another part is tahor. In those cases, you may take from the tahor on behalf of the tame, because now already they're, they're, they're touching and, and mixed together as it is. The next line of the Mishnah may have not much of a great Kiddush at all. Um, and it's going to just simply say a sort of middle case where you have Hayu Shnei Agulin, Shnei Agudos, or Shnei Aremos, if you have um, two cakes or two bundles of uh, fig cakes or two bundles of vegetables or two mounds, piles of grain, Achas Tameva Achat Tahora, one of which is Tamin, one of which is Tahor. So you shouldn't take from the Tahor on behalf of the Tameh, um, very much like we said in the beginning of the Mishnah. We're just now bringing a middle case where what the, instead of having containers, whatever the story is, we have our very same fig cakes, bundles of vegetables, or mounds of grain. And fine. That's the halacha follows what we said up to now. However, uh, Rabbi Eliezer Omer, Rabbi Eliezer is going to argue, and he says, Tarmin minatar He says, you may... In contrast to what we said before, you may take from Tahor B on behalf of Tameh A, no problem. And he's just not concerned at all about this Minamukaf issue that we, you'll be afraid to put them together sufficiently because of too much spreading. Um, since he has no concern about that, he has no problem with you taking the Tahor on the path of the Tameh. However, the Halacha does not follow him.